2: What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Reality Sports Online. My name is Kyle Yates, and I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. That right there is Trevor Sickema. He can be found on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. Trevor, how are we doing, man? This is peak training camp season. The alerts are coming in hot and fast, man. Oh, I'm loving life right now. This is my favorite time of the year, Kyle. And the reason why
1: is because... All 32 fan bases and all 32 media outlets that cover these teams do so with hope. So it's like they're doing the best job possible. They're getting all of the training camp clips, all of the news. Everything's immediate. Nobody's bad yet. Everybody believes it's such a wonderful flood of football information here at the beginning of training camp. And now we're starting to get some padded practices, too. So
2: teams are really starting to bring it. Man, I thought you were going to say your favorite time of year was like January because that's when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, you know, they just win Super Bowls. I feel like that's. You what know, you man, it's still a uh, uh, j- football in January is still a very new concept
1: for me because you got to remember that the Bucks are like the worst franchise <laughs> in pro sports history. So, uh, yeah, maybe I uh, maybe a couple more postseasons. I'll get a little bit used to it. and I'll actually look forward
2: to January. Hey, you're talking to a Bears fan. So you just let me know how it is. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and because I'm definitely not going to be there anytime soon. Hopefully, Justin Fields. Let's find out. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and checking out the Dynasty podcast. If this is your first time tuning in. We're so happy that you're here. We have a giveaway for you. If this is your first time listening, or if you've been listening since the very beginning, all you have to do to enter this giveaway for a Cam Akers signed helmet, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction, is go over to Apple Podcasts or CastBox, leave a review for this show, then head over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest to fill out the short form there and attach a screenshot of your review. Additionally, if you are a subscriber to our YouTube channel at youtube.com fantasypros, You get an additional three entries into this giveaway. Just to attach a screenshot that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel when you fill out that short form. Again, at fantasypros.com slash Dynasty Contest. And you are automatically entered for this giveaway and all future giveaways as well. All right, Trevor, we have spent some time talking about the 2022 quarterbacks, the running backs, and let's talk about the wide receivers here now, man. We have become so spoiled over recent years here with guys like A.J. Brown. DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, CD lamb entering the NFL and so many, many other really, really talented wideouts here that are producing right out of the gate. So yeah. I'm excited to talk about this upcoming class because it has something, and we'll just talk about this right, right away. Cause normally we kind of put this at the end where we talk about the, the uh, overall class as a strength as a whole, this class has some size to it, man. Like we have been missing some of these big prototypical wide receiver one X's, you know, on the football field. We've been missing that the past couple classes have been typically some of these, especially last year's, you know, smaller slot receivers. Not this year. We have some big boys in this class. So I'm excited to talk about this one. I had the number one overall pick in our draft last time for the running back. So I am giving it to you this time around, my friend. You get the number one overall pick. Where are we going?
1: I I, I love getting to do this podcast after I've done the summer scouting uh, with my draft podcast that I do because I get to then strategize like how i feel like you're going to
2: draft and so with that being said i'll just i'll chime in really quick saying like i know that trevor has done these uh, those episodes i have not listened to them right i don't know what he's thinking about with these players i don't i haven't listened to anyone else yet either so really just interested to see what this turns out to be
1: i texted kyle two days before this and i said don't you dare listen to the wide receiver podcast because this is going to be a lot of fun because this wide receiver group is so deep it is talented And you're going to have a lot of different preferences. And so I'm very interested to see how you're going to attack this wide receiver group. I have to pick a player here who is not my wide receiver one. And I'll tell you guys who my wide receiver one is because I'll either pick him shortly after or Kyle is going to select him maybe next. But for this number one overall selection, I'm going to go with Chris Olave because I don't think there's any way I'm going to be able to get Chris Olave around the turn. And listen, guys, Chris Olave, about six feet... Ohio State, I think, has enlisted at six foot one, but I don't think he's six foot one. I think he's right around six foot. He's about 190 pounds. I don't know why this guy went back to school. Okay. Like, I I I understand that there are plenty of factors that go into this decision, right? There's a lot of life things, graduating with a degree when you're younger, around this age, or, you know, maybe like being close to family. There's all sorts of things that can go into this equation for a guy to not go to the NFL, stay, stay an extra year, stay a senior year, whatever it is. Football-wise, doesn't make sense. This dude's a stud. I'd have picked him in the back end of the first round last year. I'd do do the same thing this year, maybe even higher. Maybe that's why he ended up going, but it's in their stacked wide receiver class. His name is still at the top. You are not going to find a wide receiver who moves at a smoother rate with higher speeds. Than Chris Olavidez. He just looks like he is so in control. Man, I'm not saying that he's Stefan Diggs yet because Stefan Diggs is, of course, a multi year pro. He's done it so well. He's increased his game, how effective he could be, how explosive he is, how controlled he is in his routes. But that's the kind of wide receiver I'm seeing. Maybe Justin Jefferson from last year is a better comp. And not saying he's going to be a 1,400 yard receiver, but it's the way that those two guys went, Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs, with their route running and how they manipulate other guys and how they understand. understand what little motion can affect and get a corner to turn his hips the wrong way and then boom you're you're just breaking on a dime and chris olave understands all of that he understands the game so well and it's when you get those players that have the understanding of their route running and you combine it with really great athleticism. That's when you get a fantastic prospect. Chris Olave was doing that last year. He's been doing that for a couple years, honestly. And this year is just going to be icing on the cake. I, I expect a lot more of it um, in Ohio state's offense, even though it is very talented throughout Chris Olave. Got to go with him
2: at the top of the class here. Oh, he's so much fun to watch. And you mentioned, I'm like, as soon as you said smooth, I was like, yep, I've got that written down in my in my notes. I said Olave is about as smooth as they come at the wide receiver position, and I have a tweet from back in I think it was November or December of last year saying that Chris Olave reminds me of Emmanuel Sanders, and I don't know why exactly. Like I can't I couldn't put my thumb on it right away, but I'm just saying like he reminds me a lot of Emmanuel Sanders, and one of those like incredibly just reliable receivers. Now I don't know. At his size and just his skill set, I don't know if he can ever be that true, like, number one target on a team, but we're talking about a damn good number two receiving Mm -hmm. option on an offense. You know, if you pair him with uh, one of these, like, bigger wide receivers that can command attention... And then you have Alave to be able to work at every level of the field. He's not just someone who's going to be able to work underneath and get open. He can be a true three-level threat. So really, really love Chris Alave. Came away extremely impressed. And like you, I don't know why he went back to school. There are other factors that we can talk you know, that we'll never know. But for him to go back to school, I thought that he was good enough to be able to come out this past year and be drafted in the late first round, maybe mm. even higher than that. So yep. Chris Olave, love the call there. I'm going to go with my first pick here. I've got back-to-back ones. So I'm going to go with his teammate at Ohio State, man, okay. Garrett Wilson here. Now, Garrett Wilson came onto my radar. And again, I don't do this uh, scouting as in-depth as Trevor. So, But Garrett Wilson came onto my radar in the Clemson game. Do you remember what catch I'm talking about? If I just say Garrett Wilson Clemson, do you know what catch I'm talking about? I don't off the
1: top of my okay, head. I so, actually I actually just rewatched the Clemson game. So I should. So I'm being a so, bad analyst right now, but
2: no, it's he goes up and it's like, he is on an elevator going up to get this catch. It He's is athletic. absolutely ridiculous. His vertical leap and how high he gets up. And as a true freshman, he made that catch. So absolutely burst onto the scene as a true freshman incredible hands, incredible concentration, smooth route runner. I think that he's still got room to grow in that department, but he's the real deal. Phenomenal understanding of route running concepts and how to stack defenders he's a nightmare against linebackers over the middle of the field. And one of the things that I love watching in him, there's a out and up play that he has, uh, in the middle of the field, he's going up against a linebacker. I forget the game. It might've been Nebraska, but he goes, uh, it's a, Uh, An in and up, excuse me. So he goes in and he goes directly at the linebacker to a spot where he's going to have the linebacker flip his hips. And as soon as the linebacker flips his hips because he's threatening to run sideways, he plants his foot in the ground, goes up, easy throw for Justin Fields for a touchdown. So he has this already understanding, this unique understanding of how to be able to manipulate defenders to be able to create space for himself. And he's doing this as a very, very young player. So I really, just Garrett Wilson, with his contested catch ability, he's the true real deal. I'm really, really impressed with Garrett Wilson. Love what I'm seeing. And we're, I mean, he's still got a full year to be able to continue to grow and develop. I would not be shocked if we're talking about Garrett Wilson as a top 15 pick in the 2022 NFL draft.
1: He's talented, man. Former five-star wide receiver, one of the top wide receiver uh, in his recruiting class. And You can see that athleticism a lot. Now he's not as polished as Chris Olave is, but it's not like he's super sloppy. You know, it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he's, he seems to have a a lot of control over his athleticism. Um, I believe he won. Did he win? Actually, let me, let me make sure that I, that I have this right because he won two awards when he was in high school that were really, really impressive. Um, The main one is the all American bowl man of the year award as, as a high schooler. And so like, this kid is people talk about him like he's already a pro man and and that just gives you a lot of faith towards his work ethic moving forward and that's a big area of projection when it comes to these really athletic kids as you go man you could see it all right there but like do they have what it takes to really achieve that full potential and that's often a big part of scouting is trying to figure out whether or not they're going to achieve that potential that you see in them and I really do think that Garrett Wilson has that trajectory and He's got that head on his shoulders because he's already shown a lot in his two draft uh, non-draft eligible seasons. I'm excited to see what he gives up this year too.
2: Yeah, for sure. I'm really, really excited. All right. So second pick here, or the third overall pick trying to think of what you're going to do. Yeah, that's what it's um, all about. Isn't it? You know what, man? I, the injury is going to scare some people off, but I no! can't, I no! can't do it. Don't, man. don't I can't do it. Wide receiver one unquestioned in this class. George Pickens, wide receiver, Georgia. I'm going to read my scouting notes here. All right. Pickens is the most exciting wide receiver to watch in this 2022 NFL draft class. He's a solid route runner, but still has plenty of room left to grow in terms of understanding intricacies within route concepts. He has long strides that eat up turf and allow him to gain ground on backpedaling defenders quickly. Massive threat deep downfield with his receiving ability plus his athleticism. Truly ridiculous, and when I say ridiculous, ridiculous hand-eye coordination and contested catchability. There's no catch this kid can't make. Forget the rim, Pickens is able to play above the freaking backboard. Shows promise <laughs> and release off the line of scrimmage, but still has room to grow in that area. Overall, in my opinion, Pickens is a clear wide receiver one in this class, but the ACL injury might have some people nervous. It's worth monitoring, but if he comes back at full strength, he's a guaranteed first-round prospect. I mean, the ACL injury. So he tore that he tore that in practice, I think, in March. So, I mean, it's concerning, right? We might not get to see him on the field this year at Georgia. But even if he doesn't play this year, man, and he still declares, we've got enough tape on him to be able to say, I don't care. Like this kid goes in the first round because he is that talented. He's my wide receiver. One in this class, George Pickens absolutely love the talent.
1: George Pickens is also my wide receiver one. It is there funny we how, how we how we do see these these prospects pretty similarly for this draft cycle going into this season. Um, you know, he's about six foot three, two hundred five, two hundred ten pounds. I mean, he gives you that prototypical size. He gives you that. Guy that you are looking for to be able to play a variety of different positions. He's played a variety of different positions. You can put him on the line of scrimmage. He's got the strength to get off of press coverage. as a true X receiver. You can leave him off the line of scrimmage because his release is fantastic, especially when he's getting up into his stems of his routes. You can yep. put him in the slot if you want because he could be a mismatch nightmare there. He's got an art for playing at the sideline, which I think is 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 something that is worth noting. There is no size, speed or strength concerns with this player at all whatsoever. He brings everything to the table that you would want as a future wide receiver one to build your receiver team around. The difficult part about his projection is, yes, the ACL injury, but I don't really even care if he plays this year because like you mentioned, he's already put up enough great tape over his first two freshman and sophomore seasons that you can bet on this guy as a first rounder. He's already shown you that he has it. There's some character concerns with George Pickens that I've heard from uh, people who cover the Georgia team. Uh, I I know he's gotten into some fights as well, so he's a little bit of a hothead, but you do like that edge, right? I mean, like that's part of playing football. It's a full contact game. And so there's a balance balance there. though. As long as he kind of hones all of that in, makes it, you know, something that obviously like motivates him. This, This guy's a limit for this dude. He's, he's just an unbelievable talent. I would love mm-hmm. to see him play this year. I don't know if we're going to get it. Maybe if for a playoff run if George is in that spot at the end of the season. But no matter what, I think this guy could – whatever he wants to be as a pro, it is all in front of him. It is in yep. his hands. He's got the molding to do it. He's so much fun to watch,
2: man. I mean, if you if you're listening to this and you don't have time to watch all the tape again, that's what we're doing here. We're able to bring that to you. But make sure that you press pause on this podcast. You go over to YouTube and you just watch some George Pickens highlights. I mean, you'll you'll absolutely fall in love with the kid. All right. He's nuts. Let's go with your second and third picks here.
1: Okay, my second pick, I'll uh, keep it a little bit chalk here. I'm going to go with John Mechie III, the wide receiver from Alabama. I really like John Mechie, man. I I didn't think that last year was going to be his year to shine with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell uh, all being there. I know that Jaleel Billingsley was coming up as well. They were going to run the ball heavy with Najee Harris, but... Jalen Waddle ends up going down with an unfortunate injury, and uh, we get to see once again that Alabama is just an absolute factory, and it is uh, five-star down, next five-star up, and that's just kind of like what it is with the Alabama Crimson Tide program. John Mechie's great, and I think that he has some really nice athleticism. He's got a bigger build than, say, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave do, uh, those guys that are also kind of contending for that top five spot in this wide receiver class. Mechie's a little bit bigger. He's about six feet, six foot one. But he's thicker. He's about one hundred and six, one hundred ninety-five pounds, and so that extra strength definitely shows up. Not only does Mechie understand how to attack vertically, which is what he is great at right now, his route tree is—I would say it's fine. It's not super limited, yeah. but he could definitely get better at it. The thing that impresses me the most about John Mechie is how strong, how willing. And how impactful he is with his blocking. If you watch a lot of Alabama's yeah. plays, they're mm-hmm. running the ball towards John Mechie's side because he is going to give you maximum effort and maximum technique when it comes to blocking as a wide receiver. And it's it's going to be that little X factor that like Kyron Williams has, right? And blocking is a little bit more important for Kyron Williams, the running back from Notre Dame, because you're in there protecting the pocket a little bit more, but those are the things the coaches are absolutely going to love. They're going to look at that on John Mechie's tape and say, that guy's taking the little things seriously. That means that I know that if I teach him the little things with route running, with, with attacking deep, with being more of a a short and intermediate threat, he is going to take that to heart and he's going to get even better. So I'm going to go with John Mechie here with my next pick.
2: Yeah, you see that blocking pop, uh, especially in the Ole Miss game. Uh, I noticed that, you know, it's one of the first plays in that game and they just run it over to his side and he just takes the DB for a ride. You know, and that's just so weird to see as a wide receiver. You know, you don't typically see that, especially and it's not like he's a 220 pound wide receiver. You know, he's listed at six foot 194 pounds. So he's able he's willing, able to be a a solid blocker. I'm really impressed, too. There was a game in the Texas A&M or a play in the Texas A&M game that I watched where he, you can see how well-coached he is, and he is running a post route, but as he gets to the top of his break, he turns his head towards the sideline like he's about to run an out, and then you see the defender freeze because he's, he's about to break on that ball, and you know, in one sudden and smooth motion, Mechie just turns his head back, plants his foot, and takes the post. And yeah, it's a it's for a touchdown. He freezes that defender at the top of his break, and it's just those little, slight things that Mechie has not had a ton of experience. Right? You mentioned he's been playing for the past couple of years behind Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. Like, but he's still popped here or there. And so, for a player who doesn't have as much playing time or experience, to be able to have that slight and subtle nuances to a game to his game. Really, really impressive. All right, let's go with your third player here. Okay,
1: you got you got George Pickens, who is on my wide receiver one. I, I cannot risk you getting this next wide receiver. I'm going with Reggie Roberson,
2: the wide receiver from SMU. Did you watch Reggie? I did not get a chance to watch him. He was on my list. He was, well, okay, so hold on, hold on. So he was on my list for this past year because there was still some, oh, you remember Kuiper uh you remember the draft day thing where it was like Robertson was still on the best available mm-hmm. on espn and it was like you know dude's not even in this draft oh class. and he didn't so, declare right yeah he didn't declare so i had i had him on my radar and i think i watched a game or two and then found out that he wasn't actually in this class so in that past class so i watched a little bit of him came away impressed but talk to me about him buddy go watch just go watch the memphis game alone
1: just go watch the Memphis game alone, and you're just going to be blown away by this dude. I love Reggie Roberson. He's a redshirt senior going into this year. He's about six feet tall. He's about 200 pounds, so he's got a little bit more size on him. Fastest feet you'll see, man. And he understands it so well. He chops the feet and he chops the hands at the line of scrimmage. He understands how to get off press. He understands how to manipulate guys at the line of scrimmage. Anybody who's playing close coverage on him, man, he has the ability to move the feet, manipulate the hips, go up and around him, get up the sideline, and all of a sudden he's got the burst and he's got the speed to be gone. He's fantastic. At yards after the catch as well he can really accelerate into his top speed i think his hands are pretty dang reliable uh he's not he's not the strongest catching through contact but he's like he's totally fine you watch the mechanics his lower body mechanics and how he takes it to heart and you see somebody who can master the entire route tree anytime that's the case anytime the hips are flipping that quick the feet are that quick and precise he is in that much control and he has that much speed to threaten vertically at any time you're talking about a guy who makes defenses Really, really nervous. The problem with Reggie Roberson, two years ago, season-ending foot injury. Last year, season-ending ACL injury. And so he's coming off back-to-back injuries uh, that have that have ended his season. Last year was a non-contact ACL injury, too, which sucked. I believe mm. it was in that Memphis game when he was just about to have a historic game. So uh, he's a such a good wide receiver talent. Him and George Pickens are in the same boat for me. If you give me these guys completely healthy, I... I have Reggie Roberson as my wide receiver three going into the season. And that means right. over over Garrett Wilson, over John Mechie, over Traylon Burks, like guys who we're going to talk about here uh, later as well. And so that's how highly I view what he can do. I think he's an
2: instant star in the NFL, just as a matter of him being healthy. So I had him in 2020 summer scouting, and I've got I watched the Tulane game from 2018 and the Temple from 2019. I have not watched any of 2020, so sir, I will sir, add that to my sir, list. Good please, sir, please, sir? Th- <laughs> please
1: this week, please. Uh, I'm gonna right, get I'm I... gonna get a text from you in all caps about Reggie Roberson, and you're just gonna be like, How did I let you get him in the draft <laughs> that we just had?
2: All right, all right, all right. Let's move on here. Uh, my third wide receiver here. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go to Maryland. I'm going to go Dante Demas here. Oh, uh, nice. I, I was wondering if Demas. we were going to get Demas in here. Yeah, yeah. I came away pretty impressed with this kid. Uh, Really, really impressive catch radius on this guy. There are, he is one of the players that's a little bit raw. You see it in his route running that he's not fully uh, aware or uh, have a good understanding. It's not the right way to ca- characterize it, but he's still raw. He's still got room to grow right, in that department. Right. but. The size is there. 6'3", 217 pounds. Again, wide receiver out of Maryland. Uh, you know, in my notes, I said he's an exciting player to watch in 2021. Shows good inst- instincts for the position. Has good snap in and out of his breaks. Mm-hmm. Needs to continue to develop his route tree, but the skill set is there. Like I talked about, good athlete for his size. Plays with long strides. I mentioned that with George Pickens. He's able to eat up ground pretty quickly here. Fantastic hands and excellent concentration. Plays with a enormous catch radius here so won't shake defenders in the open field but has more than enough speed and acceleration to be a factor after the catch and i overall a very good prospect that has a chance of landing in the top tier of this class if he can have a productive 2022 season so i think that he's got all the tools and traits he's still a little bit raw but one of those guys that i'm going to take a chance on here and see if i can see if we can mold out his game a little bit more because if he does then look out because he's got all the tools and traits
1: yeah let me tell you it the hips don't flip that fast for many guys that are six foot three, two hundred and seventeen yep. pounds. I mean, yep. I watch this dude play on the outside as an X or whatever. He was just at the sideline, and I'd watch him spin for a little comeback route. And I'm like, excuse me, how big right. are you? This right. has got to be incorrect. He he moves like he's 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 six foot 190 pounds. That's that's how he flips his hips, and yet he has that kind of explosive and control. Now, let's call it spade to spade. Maryland's quarterbacks suck. Okay, like that's I mean, that's what has held him back the last couple of years from really developing as a wide receiver. You hope it's a little bit better this year, but I'm afraid that it might not be that much better. And really, a lot of his development is going to come in the NFL. He does have a lot of development that still needs to happen. I I think that when it comes to that polish that I talked about with some of these other more experienced wide receivers, Dante Dimas just doesn't have that. And he might be a guy who. You know, if he declares after this season, he might be a mid-round wide receiver. I mean, maybe he's a day two wide receiver. I'm not sure. But he'd be a slow burn in the NFL, I think. Unless he takes a huge leap this year in this next season for Maryland, he's going to be a slow burn. He's going to be a guy who's going to come in and probably be like a wide receiver four, wide receiver three for a team. First year, second year, probably get to get a little bit more traction. And then it's that second, third year in the NFL. I think that he might have a chance to really break out. That's just where I see him right now in his developmental path. But no doubt about it, man. He is pretty damn
2: fluid and explosive for a guy who's six foot three, 217 pounds. Yeah, he's a ton of fun to watch. All right. So my fourth wide receiver here. There are some players here that I really like. Uh, We haven't talked about a guy that I think that a lot of people have is, you know, a wide uh, I've seen wide receiver one uh, on some lists, uh, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to Penn State here and I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson here. I really came away. Have you watched? Did you watch Dotson? I have watched Dotson. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Dotson, for me, incredibly fun evaluation, brings a lot of excitement to the position. He doesn't have elite route running ability yet, uh, but the traits are there to be molded. He's a decent athlete that will have enough to play in the NFL, but won't blow talent talent evaluators away. Phenomenal hands. Excels at playing above the rim, just like George Pickens. Some of his concentration catches. There's a a touchdown against, I think it's Ohio State, uh, that he has a one-handed grab that is just phenomenal. Uh, Incredible concentration. Able to reel in bobbling catches as he's falling to the ground too. Needs to improve improve in explosiveness on releases. He has enough of an understanding to get defenders on their heels, but then he needs to be able to have that lower body explosiveness to be able to take advantage of it. I just haven't seen that yet to be able to get a, uh to be able to get an advantage over that defender there. But potential, 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 potential here with Jahan Dotson. So he's it's interesting. He's only listed at 5'11", 184 pounds, but he plays a lot, a lot bigger than that. So if he can add on some size here and still maintain, you know, or even develop that explosiveness in the lower body, I think that we've got a really, really solid pro here. So, Jahan Dotson, my fourth wide receiver off the board.
1: This guy's bread and butter, and and truly a dominant trait that he has is contested catches, and he's 5'11", 185 pounds. It's crazy. like it, It's insane. You know, you watch a lot of, you know, you watch the Ohio State game, you watch some of his other highlights, and you go, oh my gosh, the best the best plays this guy's given here in the air—they're jump balls—and this five yeah. foot 185 hundred eighty-five pound wide receiver is coming down, and he's bringing them down. And I, I think that that's hilarious to see him go up <laughs> against other DBs and just bring it down. But I'm worried about John Dotson. I talked about this on, on on our draft podcast, and what worries me about him is when your trump card is a little wide receiver is contested catches. Yeah. It gets tougher in the NFL, you know, man, like, and that was, that was something that I love Tylan Wallace from Oklahoma state. So like, sure. this is a similar mold kind of a thing where Tylan Wallace is a contested catch machine. You throw the ball up and this little five foot nine, five foot 10 wide receiver, he's going up and getting it. And he like, he's coming down with it. More than sixty, seventy percent of the time, and and you love to see that. But I just wonder how much a Trump card like that for a smaller wide receiver can continue to succeed in the NFL. When you throw it up to him, he's still going to be reliable. He's still going to fight for the football. But the biggest issue for me is that that is far and away his greatest trait. And and the reason it is is because I don't think this guy's got juice. You mentioned the yep. the explosiveness in the lower body. There are times where I watch John Dotson get up in press coverage beat the press, get even with the defender going up the sideline and almost yep. like he's got a free release because he beat him so bad. And I'm like, go. Like, where's the next level? Yep. Like, you got yep. like, you got to put your foot in the ground. you got to create that separation. And he just never seemed to create that separation. Now, there are other plays throughout the season where I felt like I saw flashes of, like, when he got into the open field, he'd accelerate a lot. And I'm like, were you hurt? Like, did you have an sure, injury right. that we didn't know about that really kind of like, muddies this other film. And so I'm just not sure what Dotson. I I I like his film. He's a fun wide receiver. He's really well rounded. He's clearly got an, an alpha mentality, but if his only trump card is contested catches at five foot eleven, 185 pounds, and you don't have the speed to separate in college, I'm worried about you. So this is a this is a bit this is a big year for him for
2: me. Before we keep moving with today's episode, I want to take a second to thank Reality Sports Online for sponsoring today's podcast. By now, most of you have heard about Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league, it just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at RealitySportsOnline.com. For sure. All right, let's go with your final
1: two picks here, four and five. Oh, man, there's a handful of guys that I could go with, but I got I to gotta stick with my rankings, and I got to go with the guys that are next in line here. I'm going to go with Traylon Burks first, the wide receiver from Arkansas. He's a big boy. You know, you talk about him being... About six foot three, two hundred fifteen, two hundred twenty pounds, and uh, Arkansas uses him everywhere, man. They'll use him out of the backfield. They'll use him in jet motion. They'll use him as a deep receiver. Uh, he's a yards after catch dude. He brings you a lot more linear speed than you would think for a player who is uh, six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds. And when I say linear speed, you know, think about it like DK Metcalf. He's not Metcalf. I'm not comparing him to Metcalf. But That's what I heard. He I heard is a yeah, of, of course, yeah. Just just clip it and it, just put it just put it on Twitter. <laughs> So Metcalf, because he was so big and so so strong and so tall, he struggled with, you know, we talk about the three-cone drill, right? That's what everybody right, brings up, like, right. the, like the guy's got no agility. That's kind of a similar profile, but he was so dominant vertically. He's so dominant at what he does when he can stretch the field and get on a vertical plane that it didn't really matter. Now, Traylon Burks isn't that dominant and isn't at that level yet, but that's where you can envision some of the strengths and deficiencies. He's got good long speed but he doesn't have that like short area flexibility. He's just stiff. He, he's He doesn't have that ability to put his foot in the ground to really change directions. That's not him, but uniquely athletic for a player of his size. And I really do like him. I, I think he'll be hovering right around the top five wide receivers in this class. Cause I think that he's
2: in for a really big year here with Arkansas. Uh, So it's really interesting with Traylon Burks here because I wrote down, I see everything that you're talking about. And. I don't think that he's like a refined route runner. I don't think that he's used to the best way, if that makes sense, in the Arkansas offense. They so kind of use him in gimmicky ways rather than like a you know a pure wide receiver. Uh, one thing that I wrote down was a good prospect, but the size doesn't match the role in the NFL. And I watched Florida, Ole Miss, and Tennessee on Traylon Burks, and I didn't see any examples of him being used deep downfield and playing above the rim in ways that Jahan Dotson, Garrett Wilson... George Pickens can, you know, these other guys that have the size that Traylon Burks does. I just didn't see that. And I don't know if that was just because I watched the wrong games and it is there in other games. I'll have to go back and and reevaluate, but the size doesn't really match the role that I think he's going to be asked to fill in the NFL. You know, with DK Metcalf, we have that. We have that clear role where it's like, he can go deep downfield. He can stretch the field. He's also great at contested catches. He can bring it. You know, I don't have that on tape with Traylon Burks. So he was a very, very difficult evaluation for me. I, I get why people are a fan of him. I really do. But at the same time, it's a hard projection for me right now into the NFL based on the games that I watch to be able to say, like, this is how he's going to win and be successful in the NFL. Just because I haven't seen it on tape. I don't know if he can do that and can fit the role that the NFL is going to ask him to fill.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a projection for him, no doubt about it. Um, I'm not sure if you're going to... I'm not. I'm not going to take this player. So you can you can say if you're going to take this player because I kind of just want to have the conversation here. Have, are you going to take Drake London? I'm not going to. The wide receiver from uh, USA.
2: It depends. Uh, I I either it's either between Justin Ross or Drake London for me. So okay,
1: all right. Well, I'm I'm about to pick Justin Ross from you. So right, uh, I guess I guess you are picking Drake London. So I'll wait to say my point until Drake London. We'll talk about Justin Ross here, and then we can talk about Drake London and, and how I'm going to relay him with Traylon Burks. Justin Ross, the wide receiver from Clemson. Uh, he wasn't able to play last year because he had an awkward hit to the head that really compressed his spine. And I cannot remember the exact medical words yeah. that went along. with It wasn't it, but- good. Basically his career was in jeopardy. They weren't sure whether he was going to be able to play football again. And it ended up, he he was recovering really well from it. Uh, Davos Sweeney, his head coach at, at Clemson said that Ross wanted to come back and he's been working hard to come back. And he has recently said that Ross has looked really good. And if you remember Justin Ross, you know, he was making highlight catches as a freshman and a sophomore. I mean, even with T. Higgins still on the team back a couple of years ago, Justin Ross led Clemson in receiving, and I believe it was 2019. And, and this is a guy with fantastic hands, understands how to get off press, understands how to attack vertically, and his body frame is six foot four, 205 pounds. Wanted to make sure I got those numbers right. And so this is a bigger wide receiver. He's got that kind of size. Reminds me of Terrace Marshall from last year because this is a bigger, taller, wide receiver who's got smooth, long strides, knows how to attack vertically, but also really comfortable in the slot as well as from the outside. So this is a player that reminds me a lot of Terrace Marshall. He's got a lot of potential. I'm just, I'm thankful that he is able to get back out on a football field, to be honest with you. But I'm also very just, uh, very excited to see what he's able to do this year with DJ Uyunglele, now a quarterback for Clemson.
2: Yep, for sure. Hey, good job pronouncing that. I haven't learned that yet. I've uh, said it a million gonna, times already. Wasn't so even many people going to talk about it. <laughs> wasn't even going to attempt it. Uh, I just learned Albert Okawibnum. So, you know, I'm I'm just getting on that part. I'm not it's going fair. for DJ. It's fair. Uh, all right. So I will talk about Drake London. Uh, for me, my scouting notes here. Uh, London moves extremely well. This is the wide receiver from USC. Uh, moves extremely well for 6'5", 210 pounds and has the size to establish himself as a wide receiver one in the NFL. Good route runner that is able to use his leverage to get open in space, but doesn't exactly win with refined technique yet. Uh, Great hands, able to absorb passes naturally. Good rack ability for his size and a bully in the open field. He has a run up against uh, UCLA that it's uh, a touchdown run where he sheds about five or six tackles. He's just really hard to bring down at his size. Solid release and spring off the line of scrimmage, but no examples of pure press in the film that I watched rarely use deep downfield and this is kind of the same thing with Traylon burks it's these guys that you know they're being utilized uh underneath here and it was tyler vaughns i believe uh that was used as the deep field option in the usc passing game it's like can we switch the two roles like this is drake London. he's playing six five two ten like use him deep downfield and they were using tyler vaughns and it worked for them i get it but You know, this is something that I want to see from London is for him to be able to be used deep downfield because he is going to draw just at his size. He's going to draw some comparisons to Mike Evans, and I cannot put him anywhere near that territory yet. Nope. Just because I have not seen that physicality at the catch point deep downfield that Evans brings to the table. So Drake London, I like him. I see the projection. I see how we can get to the point where, you know, we're talking about him as a top five receiver in this class. I'm just not there yet.
1: You know, it's funny because... When you bring up Mike Evans, and that's the natural progression, I think a lot of people are going to have. They are very different receivers, and I don't think that you can compare these two because Mike Evans was uh, bigger, like weight-wise, and he was more athletic. Like he, yep. like he, he was just straight up bigger and more athletic than Drake London is. It is funny though because the area of Mike Evans' game that I wish. He was better at was yards after the catch. I feel like Mike leaves a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to yards after the catch in a lot of different situations. And Drake London, that's his bread and butter. That's what he loves yep. to do. Uh, Benjamin Solak, my was my co-host at oh. uh, Locked On NFL Draft. Big shout out, Ben. He's going over to the ringer. Um, he mentioned that London is a big projection, and this is where it comes into the Trail and Burks conversation because you mentioned that Burks is a, a projection because. The role that he's going to play in the NFL is going to look different than what we're seeing at Arkansas. That's going to be the case with Drake London as well, because you look at this receiver and you say, wow, six foot four, six foot five, 210-ish pounds. This is an X receiver. This is a guy that you can put on the line of scrimmage and and, yeah. and go up against guys at the sideline. Drake London doesn't play at the sideline. He never right. plays at the sideline. He right. plays in the slot. They play him exclusively as a big slot receiver. Now, great makes total sense with Keaton Slovis as their quarterback because they want Big giant Drake London to be in the middle of Keaton Slovis's sight line at all times, so it makes a ton of sense. But when he gets to the NFL, I, well, first of all, I don't see that role changing this year. I don't see him being that much more of an outside receiver. Maybe he will be, but if it's a lot of the same success that we saw previously, it's going to be with him as a big slot wide receiver. And when he goes to the NFL he's going to really be learning how to play an X. They're going to be like, okay, you're big and giant. We're going to put you on the live scrimmage on the outside. And Lund's going to be like, okay, I've, I've never played this before. I've never done this before. That's uh, <laughs> right. So, you know, he's got that basketball background. I read that he has a senior. He averaged like 30 points and 11 rebounds in high school, every single game. So he averaged a double, That's double shitty. every game, which is crazy. Uh, also played on USC's basketball team for a little bit. It wasn't like a consistent contributor, but he was on the roster for them. So, He's got that good basketball background. Um, You can see that in how he plays the game, but it's going to be a little bit of a projection with him because he plays such a unique role for USC that I don't think he's going to be streamlined to play when he gets in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I you're absolutely correct. It's going to be a complete projection, just like it is with Traylon Burks. But And that's the reason why we've got him a little bit further down. I don't know where he landed in your rankings, but he's around this territory for me. So, uh, all right, that rounds out the list here. I've got Garrett Wilson, a uh, wide receiver for Ohio State. George Pickens, a wide receiver for Georgia. Dante Dimas, wide receiver for Maryland. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. And Drake London out of USC. Trevor ended up with Chris Olave. Uh, I got to say it like, uh, is it Gus Johnson? Chris Olave. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I'm watching tape. That just came up over and over again. I loved it. Uh, John Mechie out of Alabama. Reggie Roberson. Uh, it's SMU, right? Yep. 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 Uh, Traylon Burks, Arkansas, and then Justin Ross out of Clemson. All right, so... We've got those 10 wide receivers out of the way. Are there any other players here that we, you know, people are going to be yelling at us that we didn't talk about here. David Bell out of Purdue comes right. to mind here. Uh, but any other of these players that you watch? I only, I only got to 10 of these guys. So any of these guys that maybe I didn't scout that you want to bring to the table and at least highlight, say, like, these are guys to watch out for.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of players. Anaya Smith from from Texas A&M is I think he's worth a watch. He's an explosive, fun slot player. Zay Flowers, the same from Boston College. These are big slot uh, not like literally big slot guys, but they are slot receivers who are a lot of fun that you should watch. David Bell is really interesting. Ben, my co-host, was a lot higher on David Bell than I was, and uh, David Bell is good. I-, I mean, he's a very natural wide receiver, but I didn't see a big trump card in his game. It's not like he's a contested catch monster. It's not like he's blowing by anybody. It's not like the quickness, yep. the elusiveness, the break tackle ability is any there, but. He's good. I like him. The one guy that I wanted to make sure I mentioned, though, Indiana's Ty Fry Fogle. I love Ty Fry Fogle. He's fantastic. He's a bigger wide receiver. They use him on the outside. In, Indiana, in- Indiana, right? Yes. Did I say that? Yeah. Did I say the right? I, th- I thought I, I, maybe it didn't. I, I'm not sure. Okay, anyways, (laughs) he is a clutch catch machine anytime Indiana, whether it was first and 10, second and two, third and in the red zone, whenever they needed a big catch. They had WAP failure, and I don't want to take anything away from WAP because, one, he's got a fantastic name, but also because he was good. But Ty Fry is the man. He just, he stepped up to the plate every single time. He's got that clutch gene. He's he's faster and he's more lucid than you think for a big man. He could play a variety of different alignments. And he has, uh, he's got a pair of dandies attached to him, man. Those hands are fantastic. So yeah, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned him too.
2: For sure. All right. Well, that will wrap up the wide receiver discussion here. Thank you so much to Reality Sports Online for sponsoring today's podcast. Trevor, this has been a ton of fun, man. So we've gone through the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers. This is a really impressive class, this wide receiver class. I think yep. that, you know, we've got, again, I mentioned the size. We don't have, we didn't have that last year. I think that we've got the size here with a lot of these guys, a lot of them checking in at 6'2 or, you know, uh, or taller. So really, really excited about these guys heading into this upcoming college football season. We will be here to make sure that you stay up to date on all the information with these wide receivers and the upcoming prospects. The next episode that we've got for you guys is uh, looking at, taking a look at the tight end class. We won't be doing 10 total. Don't worry about that. Uh, so, but, but then we've got a listener mailbag that we want you guys to participate in. So make sure that you are paying attention to our Twitter profiles. Again, that's KyleYNFL and Tampa Bay Trey. Trevor, anything else that we need to mention before we get out of here? That's it. Don't compare right, Drake London to it. Mike Evans. That's it. Just yep. don't do it. Don't that's do the it. main takeaway. If you remember anything else, uh, you know, just remember that. Drake <laughs> London is not Mike Evans. All right, that'll do it. For Trevor Sigma. I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us
0: on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros.